listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Hey, it's Footy Talk, Juno's edition. Adam Peacock here with Danny Widler and also Michael Chamis. What have we got, Danny? I caught up with James Tedesco. We're going to talk about his future. Ooh. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see James Tedesco go back to the Tigers. What? Win a comp where it all started. You're off your head. I am, but I'd like to see it. The Journos are back for another edition of Footy Talk. I'm Adam Peacock, Michael Chamis, and also Danny Widler here. Hello, gents. Adam. Adam. Uh, Danny's come up, obviously, working on the television tonight. Chamois. I thought he was going to bring out the Nirvana shirt after oh, last week. Hang on, I'm back from holidays. I came in on my holidays. I could dress like like you, Chammy. And, and well, you, Well, I Adam. was overdressed last week. I thought I'm going to be like Danny Widler and put a T-shirt you just and wanna, You on. just want to be a cool cat, right? I am a cool cat. Mm. Lucky you've got shoes on. I was going to wear the slides as well, just to really <laughs> rub it in that I didn't have to do much today <laughs> until tonight. Jen's plenty happening. You're back on the beat, obviously. Michael, you're on your phone. You haven't got off your phone before we started recording here, so you got something on the boil you're probably not going to tell us about. But we'll start with James Tedesco. Danny, you did a story. You caught up with him for nine years. His future, how does this all play out? He's obviously... I don't know if people in Tedesco camp are dangling it out there that he's off contract at the end of 2024 or the rest of the game knows about it and maybe trying to attract him elsewhere. What's your gut feel where he's going to end up? Well, Adam, I did a story in my column, I think, uh, towards the end of last year where I said that Tedesco's management have approached the Roosters for an extension on his contract. Now, it's fascinating because James Tedesco's got two more years at the Roosters as is. And he is, if he's not the best player in the game, you know, he's in the conversation, isn't he? Hmm. So, but they want to start talking about a new contract now. And you have to think, you know, if you're the Roosters on paper, you're going, you're cheering, aren't you? He's the Australian captain, New South Wales captain. And I think, I know Nathan Cleary is a fantastic player, but I think over the last five years, he's probably been the most consistent footballer. uh, And probably that consistency that he's shown has made him the best footballer in the game over the last five years. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with Danny. He's been unbelievable for the Roosters since he went over there. But I, I imagine for the Roosters, in the back of their mind, we've seen a lot of players once they hit that age of 30, they go downhill pretty quickly. Now, James has just turned 30. Mm. He's showing no signs of slowing down. But the fact that he's off contract the same year as Joseph Manu in 2024, they also have Joseph Sawali. Perhaps the Roosters are sitting back thinking, how much can we invest in James Tedesco when we don't know what level he'll be playing at. Given everything that he's done over the last few years and given the way that he is so professional, he had, you know, he had um, stem cell surgery on his knee in the off-season, which is quite a consistent thing that he's been doing because he's obviously had the knee issues from the start of his career. Obviously, he's maintaining himself really well. I don't think we're going to see a massive drop-off in the way James Tedesco plays. I think he's still going to be... So what do you pay 2025 James Tedesco then? We don't pay him as much as he's on now. You probably reduce it by 10%, 15%. But does the management allow that to happen? I think they'd be reasonable. If he went on the open market, he could probably get what he's on now plus, couldn't he? Yeah. Um, But, and he probably could do it a deal now and, you know, if, if it didn't work out with the Roosters, could leave her, all of that sort of stuff. But I think... There's a value in being a, a Roosters player for a long time. There's a value in finishing your career at the Roosters. Look at Brad Fittler. He's still looked after by the Roosters. Look at Luke Rickardson. He was set up by the Roosters. These sort of guys, Anthony Minicello, that not only do they get value now, you know, they might lose a bit at the back end, 
it's almost like um, rugby used to be. It used to be a real uh, a club, a boys' club, and you know guys would end up with big jobs in banks and these sort of things. I think that the the Roosters' uh, business influence is so big that as a player, uh, you have to consider that. However, Mr. Left Field over here oh, yeah. has come up with an idea, a romantic at heart, I think, Michael. Um, well, what's your idea? I think Danny's right. I think James Tedesco finishes his career at the Roosters and he's set up for life. What I'd like to see, and this is no disrespect to James Tedesco because I would have done the same thing that he did when he left the West Tigers. But what I'd like to see is James Tedesco go back home, go back to the Tigers and try and win a premiership there. He, he's, won a prem, he's won premierships with the Roosters and that is a super team. That he, He's joined a team that was elite. And I'm not taking anything away from him because he's one of the best fullbacks, probably the second best fullback of all time behind Billy Slater. But to go back to the West Tigers and win a premiership for that club that he, he abandoned, he did. He, he was off contract and he had every right to explore, but the way that he and, and Mitchell Moses and, and Aaron Woods left that club, they're still recovering from that because they put all their eggs in that basket. I liken it to LeBron James leaving Cleveland the first time to go and play for Miami in a super team and he won championships, made four finals, won two of them. To me, that's James Tedesco. Going to the Roosters and winning a premiership is fantastic. But that was the expectation of that club, to win premierships with Cooper Cronk in that team, Boyd Cordner in that team. It was a sensational team. Mm. To make that club great, to make the West Tigers a success again, that goes from James Tedesco being a great player to an all-time great player. I think... Both of us here, aside you, Michael, want to shoot this down like a Chinese spy balloon in the I plane. Don't think it'll I'm going to give it over to Danny <laughs> first to do it. I don't think it'll happen. Okay, but, I'll, I'll leave you to shoot it down. I want to ask you, Chammy, now, is this one of your theories or are you speaking on behalf of a club <laughs> who wants him back? Because I know you do that. No, no. Where you like to, you like to play negotiator I'm and a, you like to make things happen because you're a, you're a mover and a shaker in this game. I'm a, I'm you're a, a wheeler LeBron, and a dealer. I'm a LeBron James fan and I love the fact that he went back to Cleveland and won a championship there and it meant so much more to that town and to his legacy. So you're saying it, it doesn't mean much to the Roosters if they can win another couple of comps? As no, no, James he, wants to win said, comps. He's a great player. And he what the Roosters have done, do, do not disregard yeah. what the Roosters have done or try and undervalue what the Roosters have done over the years. Because James Tedesco, though, was a very good player in a very good football team. You, you, if he goes and leads the West Tigers where he left, mm. where he grew up as a Western Suburbs junior, and does what he does and goes and wins a comp there and finishes his career on that note, like JT did with the, with the Cowboys winning it for Townsville, then we're in the conversation of all-time greats. Question number two. <laughs> now, so <laughs> last you. week you were having Mitchell Moses back at the Tigers. Now you've got James. What's going on with you and the I, Tigers? No, I, don't th- I didn't say Mitchell What's Moses go- is going no, back No, but you said West you Tigers. want him to go back as well. No, I said he owes the, the, uh, the, the Eels to stay there right. after what they did. But this James Tedesco talk is irrelevant unless Mitchell Moses goes back. The only way it's going to happen is if Mitchell Moses ends up at the West Tigers and convinces his best mate, James, to head over there with him. Well, let's have a listen to James Tedesco to see where his head's at right now with his interview with Danny on Nine News last night. No, I never want to, never content. And I think that's what's made me uh, be successful. I've never really been content with, with how I'm going or where I am as a player. For me, myself, I want to get better as a leader. I want to be the best captain. I want to lead us to success and premierships. And, you know, I've been captain now for the last three years and, we've, you know, we've made the finals, but we haven't got to a grand final or haven't tasted premierships. So that's that's definitely driving me at the moment. Am I harsh on the team if I say it's a failure unless you make the grand final? Well, at the club, we, yeah, we want to win premierships. So that'll be a failure for us. I'm loving Joey. He's, he's, um, he's getting better and better. So I'm excited to see him, you know, dominate the competition, um, which I'm sure he will do. Can he dominate it? Can he dominate it? 
definitely. Ideally, that would be that'd be great to, to end my career at the Roosters, but I've still got plenty to go, Danny, so I'm just taking it one year at a time at the moment. Oh, the one year at a time. He loves putting words in Teddy's mouth, doesn't he, Danny Wardman? <laughs> just ask questions, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my Le- job, Leading him questions. in nicely there, Danny. Bit about Joey Manu there as well. He's got a little facial problem at the moment. Hopefully he's right for the start of the competition. But, uh, Danny, it didn't sound like this is a man who's thinking, oh, maybe I'll go back to Campbelltown or Concord or wherever their home ground is at the moment. I don't think so. But, you know, who knows when he comes down to sit down with the Roosters and say, listen, you know, this is what I want. I think he'll be reasonable. I think he's been on a, a pretty good wicket. I think he'll be reasonable. He's, he's going been... nowhere. You really believe that? No, he, I don't. What I said. Okay, about so the how then, how then do they fit in Joseph Suwali'i and James Tedesco uh, into the same side when when Joseph just say he's two years down the track and he's well, is he there in twelve? Not in a Wallabies know. jersey. I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying if he's not in a Wallabies jersey, that's the problem. Why why would you commit right now to James Tedesco? Not knowing who's going to be in your roster. Because James Tedesco wants some certainty. Well, if James Tedesco wants certainty, perhaps the value, though, is the question. Because that's, that is that is the only thing yeah. that's going to be – James Tedesco is still going to be a great player and valuable to the Roosters. But how do you commit what he sits on the salary cap as without knowing the standard of football he's going to be playing in two years' time? That, to me, is the question. There's no doubt about whether the Roosters should re-sign him or not. Mm. It's how much what's he's he worth. What's he worth, Jamie? You're across right all the now, numbers. Well, what's he worth now and what's he worth in a couple of years? He's worth more than anyone in the game right now. Him and Nathan Cleary, as you said, are the best two players in the game. But in two years' time, who knows what's going to happen? At the Tigers right now, what we do know is that Api Korosau is their captain. Now, this is a pretty big turnaround from the Penrith the grand final celebrations <laughs> when Appy had a few words to say about uh, what he thought of the Tigers there. He'd had a few, I think, and he was on an emotional high with another team. But they've basically done the, the school captain vote. They've voted internally and then Appy's come out on top. Is this the right leader at the right time for the Tigers right now? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think. Look, Appy's had his uh, couple of issues in the past, but he's come through that and he is, he is their key. When everyone talks about you know, what's going to happen with Penrith this year, they say, well, how are they going to go without Appy and then how are they going to go without Villy? So the fact that he's now at the Tigers and he's their their main man, he's a tremendous player. He's going to really improve their halves, um, the way he plays a game. And I think that he's a sort of player who players will want to play for. So, yeah, I, I applaud the decision. It's, it's one of the, the few good decisions the Tigers have made in recent years. Apart from going for James Tedesco. Um, <laughs> I agree. But if not Appy, then who? There is no standout captain at the West Tigers. And it's been the problem for a number of years. They they put Moses M by captain when he came to the club as a recruit as well. First season there. They ended up with James Tamo as captain as well. And they went with five captains. There hasn't been an out-and-out leader at that club for many years. Now, Appy might not be a someone who's renowned as a captain, but he's got the runs on the board. He's got the respect of his peers. And as I said, if not Appy, then who? And Adam Dewey loves that club, will bleed for that club, but I don't think he needs the pressure of trying to lead a team around. Well, who is he going to be there long term even? You know? Well, he's off contract. Mm. How big is the role of a captain though in rugby league? We see it in AFL footy. It's a massive thing. It's like a ceremony before each season, an AFL captain being named. They're going through that right now. Cricket, obviously huge. You're making on-field decisions all the time, tactical and the like. Is it that big a deal in rugby league? Oh, I think it still is, yeah. And I, I think, I mean, even speaking to James yesterday, he was saying that, you know, what's driving him is that he hasn't captained the Roosters to a premiership and that's and he sees it as a big deal. So, you know, obviously the person who has that role takes it very seriously. And I, I, I like the fact that it's not being diluted between, you know, five players or 
I sort of question those decisions that they're a decision made out of um, lack of leadership, like like Michael said. So I, I think the captain is important. You look at the way the Tigers have structured captains in the before, it has not worked. It mm. has not worked. But the good captains, the ones like Cameron Smith, the way they can manipulate games, forget about just the leadership within the team. The influence on referees is huge in a game. And Cameron Smith showed that throughout his career. The way he manipulated games of football, the gamesmanship he showed made Melbourne Storm a formidable force. There's no. Well, they had a few other things going their way as yeah, well. They but, had a pretty good team. But it wasn't just. The, the guy was renowned as a referee. Like, you, yeah. you, you remember how how much we used to talk about and how much people hated the way Cameron Smith was able to get the referees to do what he wanted. Mm. I, I think good captains these days have the ability to just manipulate games in ways that can turn it in your favour. Yeah, I think the best captains I've seen, uh, I think Cameron Smith, obviously. Wally Lewis was a great leader uh, at origin level. Uh, he was unbelievable the way he could dominate and control a game. And I think Boyd Cordner was an underrated captain too. The way he led that Rooster side was pretty impressive. He was, and I heard him speak a couple of times to the players and you sort of speak to Boyd and you see him and you think he's just a tough guy, but there's a lot more to him. Um, the, the captain has to have another element to them and, you know, that's why they're so important. Kalen Ponger, he spoke this week and uh, here's what he had to say about going to the toilet on a night out a few months ago. There was a period that I'll look back on and I think at, oh, like hopefully down the track and, and even now, it's probably one of the most pivotal moments of my life. Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from that time. Being in my concussion at, at that time, not being able to play and show everyone that um, I do care about the club uh, was tough for me. Like I said, I've reflected upon my responsibilities as a leader. Uh, I've learned so much from that time. And yeah, looking forward in 2023, I just want to set new standards, be a better leader for this team and for the, yeah, for the boys that I'm playing with. Yeah, so that was the drama last year when he went into the toilet with a teammate and... Um... Yeah, I mean, he called it one of the most pivotal moments of his life. Daily speaking, I, I go to the toilet alone. <laughs> it's one of the most pivotal moments of each day for me. It's just come out afresh and keep going. But in all seriousness, guys, did did you rate that from Kalen? What, what do you make of the media management and sending him up there to, to do it a few months after the fact on the eve of the season to remind everyone of what happened? The whole thing was poor. I've wanted to really uh, embrace Kalen and, and like him, and I, I still want to do that, but you see press conferences like that where you, you sort of listen to what he's saying and you're, you're questioning everything he's saying. Everything he was saying you're questioning. And he didn't convince me of anything. Uh, and what, what really worried me out of the whole situation was the fact that he said that he didn't know that having concussion and drinking uh, things that shouldn't mix. Like they, they shouldn't be things that, you know, you do. You sh- yeah. when, you're, when you've had concussions, you should not drink. I think that he, as a leading player in the game, should know that. And for him to say that he didn't know that, I almost fell off my chair. Well, James Graham's been banging on about that for a few years, hasn't he? But how can he not know? I call bullshit on that, to be honest with you. And there are Are people to swear here, Chami. Well, we just did. I got the thumbs up from Charlie over the desk. Yeah, you beauty. Uh, Well, there are people at that club who are are dumbfounded with that claim. The people who there who've looked after him for a number of years who think (laughs) this doesn't make sense for him to say that it's disrespectful to people at the club now. I like Kalen Ponga. I've had a lot to do with him over the years, and I think he's a, a terrific guy. The question with Kalen over the years is whether or not he loves rugby league enough. He doesn't, he doesn't sort of give you that strong impression. He doesn't. He doesn't. I remember many years ago doing a video session with him and Mitchell Pierce up there. Well, were you teaching him a few things? Just or? tried to just give him a little <laughs> bit of knowledge to help him out. But he, he just he admitted to me at the time that he doesn't watch rugby league. He doesn't love the game. He grew up playing all different sports. He was a golfing champion in New Zealand at a young age. He just doesn't love the game 
like someone that you've mentioned before, like a Boyd Cordner or a James Tedesco. He plays it because he's very good at it. And the problem at Newcastle at the moment, and it's not Kalen, it's people at that club trying to appease his father, Andre, to make sure that he stays happy. People walking on eggshells at that club to make sure yeah. that his Andre, his father, is happy. And Kalen just goes with the wind. I reckon he missed the trick. And it's his career, so who am I to say, Caelan Pongi, you should be doing this with your life. But I had the opinion at the time when he re-signed with the Knights and still hold that right now that the Dolphins would have been perfect for him under Wayne Bennett up there. New club, yeah, there would have been massive expectation for him to deliver, but someone like Wayne Bennett in his ear guiding him through life, not just footy, because we've seen it with Wayne Bennett before that he would have been able to get the best out of his lifestyle rather than just his footy. Didn't Wayne meet with him and sort of come to the conclusion that he wasn't really the person for him? Was that was that what happened? Well, after he re-signed with the Knights, that right, came out, okay. didn't it? Yeah, so I, I think Wayne's come to Wayne. the conclusion with a few things after the fact, but I, I don't <laughs> – you, know, you haven't missed Wayne then. No, I love Wayne, but I think Kalen – I think it became quite clear that Kalen wasn't going to come. You're right, Adam. That, the opportunity to go to play under Wayne and have someone there mentoring him on and off the field would have been very good for him. I, I don't think – when he went to Newcastle, I thought he was going to be a generational player. But, but you look mate, at him he, with Queensland. Yeah, He's unbelievable for Quinn. He is an so unbelievable good. footballer. When we're, when we're talking about best in the game, on his day, he can be that play. You look at him in origin. Yeah. But you get disappointed, don't you, when when he doesn't do it for Newcastle and you and you wonder about the attitude, the comment when Nathan Brown got punted and yeah, you know, that, the milkshake that, that milk and, and then this press he he's a smart guy and he doesn't do himself justice sometimes with some of the things he says. And he should look at what he did the other week and uh, sorry, the other day, and he should have a close look at that, the way he handled that. Does this, all of this manifest itself with Newcastle that the popular opinion at the moment is that Adam O'Brien is the most under-the-pump coach? Is that a fair statement? He's up there. Yeah, he's, mm. in, he's, in the, he's in the final, isn't he, or close to it? Like, him and, I think him and Anthony Griffin would be in the final. And, and maybe Holbrook? Yeah, Holbrook. Yeah. How does this manifest itself then when a coach is under the pump and things start seeping out of behind closed doors? at a footy club and into the newspaper or onto the television at six o'clock each night? Well, it's, it's usually, are you asking where it comes from or? Yeah, yeah. How does sources, it? Danny? Well, look, off, often um, you'll hear discontent from players. Yep. You have to sort of balance that as to who the player is. If he's sitting on the pine or he's actually playing Correct. 80 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Or, and if he's a, a senior player, you probably take more notice of it if a, if a couple of senior players are saying, hey, listen, Joe Bloggs isn't quite cutting it and you know, mm. the playing group isn't really there. And when you start hearing words like that, then it becomes a story. That's players will use people like Michael or myself. No one uses us. What are you talking about? <laughs> to get their messages across, right? Are you uh, happy with being used? <laughs> we, we use us all you want, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Just respect us Dude, in the you morning. Sound cheap. You sound so cheap, Chammy. <laughs> Me? So cheap. <laughs> Come on, mate. But yeah, that's that's used often okay. stuff. Or an official will you know, pull you aside and say, listen, uh, we're having second thoughts here. And it can happen. Mm. And often... That will lead to the journalist having to present the story and you're the one who wears it. You're the one who wears it. Because they're like bullets. the hermit crab at the beach. They go hiding into their shell as soon as the story yeah. comes that, out. Yeah, they don't want to put their name to it. And yeah. that's, yeah. What, as Danny said, you have to try and work out how much of it is a player upset because he's not playing in the team or he's been left out or he's not getting as many minutes as he wanted. Or how much of it is a player actually has had the experience of playing under coaches and can tell you the difference between a good coach and a bad coach. Do you actually feel sorry for the coach when you go to him, mate, you're under the pump? Uh, what's going on? They usually know. They, 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 know. they know. There's very rarely a coach is surprised to hear that there's some unrest in his playing group. And it, 
I think in, in recent years, I think at Penrith, we heard about it for ages with, with Anthony Griffin there mm. leading up to his eventual departure. Michael Maguire last time at the West Tigers. The noise was deafening. And it's not just the players. Johnny Morris was an interesting one. That, that was, well, that was a left field one yeah, because that, they but, loved him. Well, the player in group quite liked him, I yeah. thought. And I didn't find too many people rumbling about that. Officials, the officials at the club, they were off him. They, yeah. want, they wanted a different direction. Because what, they didn't feel like they had control of the club? Well, I don't know if they just felt he was the right man for the job. And I, I thought he was. And But to Craig Fitzgibbon's credit, he's done a great job. Quick break on footy talk. Back in a moment. Kevy Walters, speaking of coaches, are they going to re-sign him? We'll wait and see. Also, a bit about Melbourne Storm. <laughs> Guys, Kevy Walters. Now, we've had a couple of players come out and say, nah, he's a good bloke but no good at coaching. <laughs> um, I don't know where that actually sits with the Brisbane board. Powerful, powerful club at board level and everything else that goes around the club. Does he get re-signed before the start of the season or are they going to go, oh, let's just wait and see a little bit? I think they're going to announce it at like some sort of club presentation or something. I think okay. it's, going, it's going to happen by the sounds of it. I mean, the Brisbane journos rarely get it wrong when it comes to you know their local patch. Um, mm. So if they're saying Kevy's going to be there, Kevy's going to be there. And I just I ask the question, why do it? It's to silence the noise, but it's it's not really a re-signing because well, what is it? Well, because they have that many clauses and and options in a contract these days, performance based clause with coaches that if it all falls apart. He'll be gone anyway. He's re So why, why go through the whole because process? Because the illusion of stability is sometimes just as but important You've just as ruined the illusion. Itself. You've just taken it away by saying- People So, so now people- are, No, not everyone's going to read into it. Now they're going to say, oh, well, Chammy said this on the podcast that hey, in effect- You've ruined means, the illusion of a lot of people in, in, over the in years, effect, No, I'm just saying in effect, it means nothing. So are, are we that silly that we're just going to- Yeah, like, oh, Kevy's got a new two year. He's safe. Would you, start, Would you do it? Would you do it? Would you sign Kevy Walters for two years on the back of them falling apart last year? I would not be signing Kevin okay. Walters. And I mean, lovely guy. Everybody loves Kevy, uh, but I don't see why they have to do it now. What's par for Broncos this year? Making the eight. Yeah, I think I think the Broncos are the sort of side who have to make the eight. I think the last few years they haven't made it. They haven't made it for a few years. Three yeah. years maybe. They yeah. were in the eight well and truly until origin period last year then fell apart. So that I think seems good enough. They have got a good enough team. They've got a good enough halfback to make the eight. Uh, and that's their absolute pass mark. Melbourne Storm. As always, it's all about clubs in Sydney, Queensland. Melbourne just do their own thing. They nick off down to Geelong and do their pre-season camp and make it hard for everyone and they come back better men and better players. And again, they surprise even when we think, oh, this might be the year that they're going to struggle. So Ryan Pappenhausen, he's going to be missing for a few weeks at the start of the season. Does that make you think that this is the year that the Melbourne Storm not fall off a cliff because Melbourne Storm don't fall off a cliff but drop a few rungs? Just dangerous bagging Melbourne given their history, it's a really dangerous thing to, to bag anything that Craig Bellamy's in charge of. I mean, it is a massive year for Melbourne. I mean, Bellamy has said that this is his last year. Whether that's Do you believe him? I don't know him well enough that's to say. Sigh. Yeah, I don't know him well <laughs> enough to say yes for sure, but that's he said that publicly. It's his last year. Yeah. It's got to be his last year eventually, hasn't it? I mean, you, you knew him well enough to say that he didn't like Brandon Smith last year. Yeah, I did know him well enough to say that. Well, he's not at the club, so that's another reason they may not go so as well as everyone thought. Mm. Uh, although Harry Grant's a very good player, isn't he? I mean, he's if he's not the best hooker in the game, he's in the argument. Mm. So they've still got Jerome Hughes, they've still got Harry Grant, Pappenhausen when he's fit. 
that monster uh, fella. Monster at five eight. I mean, like, yeah. is there a better? There's not many better spines. The in question the mark is the forward pack losing those senior guys. Whether they can. Okay, are they senior guys or are they guys that they were happy to see go? I don't disagree. I think that the decision from the Dolphins to pursue those guys is one they'll probably regret. I think that mm. the length of deals, I think they'll be good for them in the short term, mm -hmm. but they're long deals. The Storm, yeah, you're right. I don't think they were happy. Well, they weren't going to pay them the money that the Dolphins paid, put it that way. Mm. Melbourne Storm's a destination. It's not a departure lounge. Mm. I don't want to, I'm not going to write the Storm off. It's a real watch this year on the Storm and how they perform. I'll say this, if it, if it does all fall apart this year and they fall off a cliff, then they are the greatest sporting team of the last 20 years in this country in terms of club football, mm. soccer, AFL, what they've achieved. I know they got breached for the salary cap, but the way they bounced back from that, I don't think many clubs do what they do. They've been successful for 25 years. Here's a stat that blew my mind that I read in the off-season was that that's what I do. I just go home and read stats at Sounds night. fascinating. <laughs> Wild man. What a life. Yeah. Uh, every club in the last couple of years has conceded 50 points or more in a game. Mm -hmm. And obviously with the new rules, the speed up and everything like that, there's a proliferation of it over the last two, three years. Melbourne Storm, last time they conceded 50 in a game, 2003. Wow. Yeah. That's a good stat. That That's was worth your evening of whatever it you're was. doing. Yeah. I sat there after those two hours thinking. That's better than watching maths. Yeah. <laughs> you watch maths? <laughs> it's got that I watch cover. maths. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How? It supports the Nine Network. That's nine Network. <laughs> when, you're the, when you're the face of Nine, you support Nine. <laughs> Still the one, Adam. Still the one. Still the one. Yeah. And as are you, Danny, and you're off on your travails today. Thank Look you. forward to seeing what you come up with on the news. And Mickey, I'll read about whatever you're going to write about. And I'm you're not nothing. entirely sure just yet, are you? <laughs> but you've got something on the boil. I can tell it in your face. I can tell in your face. Tomorrow on Footy Talk, there's uh, Connor Watson, James Graham, and one Greg Inglis as part of the crew on Footy Talk. Uh, subscribe, tell your mates, tell everyone. Footy Talk, place to be over the footy season. Listener.